I'm Aurier Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's, along with key stats for being honest and critical analysis. Rachel, how you doing the, uh, the morning after the draft? I'm great. How are you, my friend? I'm exhausted. Uh, I made the mistake of going up for the draft and coming back down to DC same night. So I'm exhausted. Yeah, you were it, there. It was, was it fun? Tell everybody how it was. It was a really cool event. I'm not going to lie. Um, I will say the one thing I got out of it most was as I was leaving, I was trying to like rip down the, uh, the random WNBA signage all over the building. Cause I was like, this stuff is really cool. Um, I want that for the background of my podcast, but uh, no luck, no luck, but it was, it was a really cool event. It was great to see all the players in person, uh, see them with their family, see the excitement. Did you run into a bunch of media members, a bunch of other of our? Uh, oh yeah, oh, oh the, the whole the whole the whole fam, the whole crew was there. It was a great time. <laughs> shout out to to all of the, uh, the let's say yeah, shout out to the, the W fam. You know you know who you are. Um, but let's get into this, Rachel. Um, what what are your thoughts initially about the Fever and Liberty? Oh man, um, getting right into the drafts. I, I think if you had to talk about two teams that got exactly what they needed, um, probably exactly what everybody anticipated, at least at one point or another, especially with the Fever, um, it was both the Liberty and, and the Fever. I mean, they, you know, with Asia Durr going to New York, Tierra McCowan going to Indiana. Um, both of those teams had a desperate need for those positions. I think Asia Durr brings such a skill level, um, just a pure score, um, and probably arguably, in my opinion, one of the most, if not the most skilled players in the draft to New York, who who was in desperate need of some guard play and some scoring. And so that's a huge shot in the arm for them. And then you talk about Tierra McCowan um, going to fever. I mean, that's probably a just a, I mean, that's a, that's a completely perfect fit. Uh, you know, They've needed that for years now, a true center. Years. I mean, what was, when was the last time the fever had like a true rim protector, serious size inside? I mean, I'd really have to like think back a long time. It feels like, you know, and even Tamika Catchings talked after the draft about, you know, that that's something we really have struggled with. And so I know we all know um, that they had their eye on McCowan from the get go. And so I think she's going to be able to go in and make an immediate impact right away. Well, let's move on to, I, we're just going to skip over Washington because it's so classic coach T <laughs> to go with like the random pick who some people had mid second round, some people had early third, but nobody had first round. The, like he couldn't have, he couldn't have done himself uh better but i do think the funny part about him is that when he does that it really ripples down the rest of the draft board um and talking about the rest of the draft board let's talk about a team that i think i mean we've been talking off air about this for a while probably the team that is our consensus of winning uh the draft if you will the phoenix mercury rachel give me your initial thoughts about the phoenix mercury because who did that, that team has just been crushing the off season. I, crushing I, the off I would season. say, I mean, they're they're they've made some really aggressive moves, some really strong moves. Um, I'm I'm still a little bit in shock that they were able to pull off what they did in terms of getting three of the top thirteen draft picks. Um, you know, you you've got a trade in there, which um, we'll, we can, we'll we'll talk about here in a little bit, but um, you know. Alana, Alana Smith is a talented, so talented, kind of stretch four that, you know, she can do a little bit of everything. Obviously, there's a little bit of a 
little bit. There's a lot of bit of a relationship there between her and Sandy Brundello, um, that Aussie relationship. So no one was probably surprised by that aspect of it, but she brings just a skill level and um, a young talent that is versatile enough on the interior um, to really help Phoenix out. Um, it's already such a loaded roster though, it feels like. And then, and then you get Brianna Turner there with the trade from Atlanta and like, <laughs> that's, that's, there, there, there was a period of time where people, people talked about Turner being, you know, a top five pick um, just from her presence and what she's been able to do. And, um, and then you talk about Sophie Cunningham, who could have easily gone in the first round. Um, but this was such a deep and interesting draft. And as you said, you know, um, uh, Coach T at, at Washington kind of probably mixed up Sophie's chances of going in the first round. But regardless, she's a talented, aggressive, gritty player that really fits that uh, Mercury roster. Um, she I- was so excited, especially I, asking her some brief questions right after she was drafted. The excitement level that she had to play and just be around Diana Taurasi. And I'm just going to cut to the chase. She's fully aware of uh, <laughs> the, the smack talk teammates now, if you will. We'll, we'll think of a cool name there. Um, but yeah, let, she's very excited to be with DT. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's just, everybody was kind of talking about it. They're like, man, you got Griner, <laughs> you've got Taurasi, and now you've got Cunningham. I mean, that's, I'd like to sit into a, a week of practices, just kind of preseason to get, get an opportunity to watch that. We gotta, um, we gotta get our friend across the timeline on Twitter to figure out what the record for most technicals in a season was. <laughs> I guarantee it's from Phoenix, but I, I, I'll put money down right now. Somewhat put down this money that they're going to pass that this coming season. I'm just, mad set the new record. I'm just mad. I don't live there anymore because I would have been down there all the time at these games. I might, oh I might, my God. I might have to make some trips back. Honestly, and I asked I asked her about this uh, to Sophie. What you're more excited for to go up against DT in practice? You know those, you know the clashing of the minds, or to play with her? And she just smiled and clearly was very excited for both. But obviously, is a little bit more excited to not have to go against Tarasi. Right, exactly. But back back to your original questions. I mean, I I really think if you had to say a team that won the draft, it is it is Phoenix. I mean, that was. I, I was taken back very much um, of of the level the level of talent they they were able to bring in uh, for a team that's already you know a loaded team and and many have continued to talk about them being contenders for. Let me years. well, that's why I want to ask you now, Rachel. You know, you you've been pretty pretty open about expecting a repeat by the Seattle Storm. In your mind, uh. Has has the Phoenix Mercury done enough to be the favorites for the championship? Well, you still have the core there. You still have Bonner, who did tremendous things last year. You obviously have Tarazi. You have Griner. You have all of these pieces, even in January, who's such a key cog for them that are still there. And that's going to be the bulk of what we're talking about. I think you see some players here um, kind of preparing for the future, and and it's 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 too early to say kind of where these three fit in within that roster. But I do like the picks. I do think it's a solid core, um, not a solid core. It's a, it's a, uh, a veteran um, all-star core that they have. So yeah, you have to say they're a, they're a contender, but I'm still going to go with Seattle. Well, I'm, I'm just, cause I love disagreeing with you. And cause I true, I truly do believe this. I'm a big fan of Seattle. I think as we've seen throughout the W it is insanely hard to repeat. 
I do, and I said this before, Seattle is not going to repeat. I'm calling it now my favorites for the rings. You got Phoenix. Um, let, let, let's move on to to a couple other teams that got some big names, but I'm left scratching my head. Let's start with the Chicago Sky, Rachel. Um, where can, can we talk about this? I mean, where do you see where do you see Katie Lou fitting? Um, I'm I, I'm I'm just confused. I I don't I don't fully understand what exactly you're doing. Well, here. I think you speak for a lot of people um, when you say you're confused by that. When I saw that come up, can, can I just say real quick? Not because she's not an amazing player, just the fit of her on this roster. For sure, no, no, no. I mean, I agree with you. I love Katie Lewis Samuelson. I think she's skilled. I think she's going to be pro ready. I mean, she's she has her deficiencies and you know some some would say on the defensive end of the floor or you know whatever it may be but my god we've been talking about Katie Lou Samuelson for what feels like 10 years now and kind of what how her game will translate into um you know the, her pro career so I love Katie Lou Samuelson I'm just I'm with you I'm trying to understand the dynamic um of this Chicago Sky roster and I Chicago, you know, Chicago is one of those teams that I follow very closely with it being home for me and understanding kind of uh, the different dynamics in the past. But, um, you know, what James Wade is doing um, is definitely intriguing, you know, and I and I really was like, well, you get to that fourth pick and you see who's on the board. Um, who would I have picked at that point? You know, and you could go around and around. We could have a whole podcast just around that. But you still have Katie LeSamuelson on the board at four. Some people wanted to come at, come at us and say, she's the number one pick. Some people thought she should have been lower. Um, this is just, I think a byproduct of what, where this year's draft was at the depth. And, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that Arike went five, you know, that's, that's just, this is just a strange year for that. But, um, I'm trying to find, understand the dynamic of Katie Lou Samuelson with diamond shields, Gabby Williams, um, how they're playing together. Um, where, where does she fit? You know, play, do you play Gabby at the four? Um, you know, how, how does, cause that, that's been a huge question mark. What is, what is Gabby Williams? Where does she play in this system? Where is she at? Um, and then afterwards I, I actually was reading some quotes from James Wade and I don't want to d- quote him directly, but he was basically saying, yeah, we've had our eye on her for a long time. And I know this maybe seemed to confuse some people, but that's part of the plan. I think there's a lot of question marks as to, um, the style of play that Chicago is going to play with the brand. Well, it's interesting, Rachel. I want your take on this. I'm looking at this pick and I'm thinking to myself, this is very in line pick with what we were seeing happen as far as the leadership uh, angling of the Amber Stocks days in Chicago. You know, going with a, with a player who can run the court um, and and has length and has the ability to play multiple positions. So I guess that makes me scratch my head even more. Well, and then we could talk about defense. Like they're they they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league the past few years. So how does this pick enhance that? Um, does it enhance that? You know, a lot of people would say would say no. Um, but or you know, do you look at her as someone that is six woman really coming off the bench? Um, able to play some different lineups, and then you know, you'll, we could talk about Allie Quigley. I mean as much as everybody loves Allie Quigley, realistically, how, how much time does she have left with uh, those miles on that line? I know she's in tremendous shape, but you know, you got to give it, you know, what, what a year two, a couple few years left, her minutes are going to have to go down. So is this a pick in preparation for the future of, 
again, being able to slide over some players from that kind of two to four position, um, which I'm sure that has part to do with this. But um, yeah, huge question mark. This is probably the biggest question mark for me. But more than anything, I'm excited to see what Wade is going to do with this roster. Um, And kind of when I read that, those quotes from him about um, they have kind of, it almost seems like they had some surprises in terms of their style of play. And I'm excited to see what that's all about. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see what they do. Somebody that something that I know we we disagree about. I'm left scratching my head about Atlanta. Um, so I'm going to let you go first and kind of explain why you're not scratching your head and confused. I, I personally, I I just think you have a pretty packed uh, paint presence. Whether or not you're completely sold on some of the players, I get that. Um, but I feel like bringing in a second year player who, granted, didn't have the time. To, to shine, but what we saw from from these players over in Atlanta, I, I'm just I'm confused by the trade and by the rest of the draft picks. To be honest, I'm a huge Marie Gulich fan. I really am. I think she is a six five presence that is skilled. She can stretch the floor. Um, she was going to be overshadowed in Phoenix for a while. Um, obviously, you've got Brittany Griner there, different things like that. So, um, you know, she she didn't get a lot of time last year. I think it was maybe five minutes a game, something like that. Um, but I'm a huge fan of her. I mean, she she has got a big future in this league, in my opinion. Um, maybe that's the college basketball coach talking in me. Maybe I'm completely ignorant. I have no idea. But I, I think she's very talented. I think she's very skilled. Um, I think... I don't want to put words in Nikki Collins' mouth, but I'm sure Nikki has been a fan of her for quite some time now. And I'm pretty sure they were they had their eye on her last year when she was uh, during the 2018 draft. So I, I really think that this is a move that can really um, – she, she's going to battle for some minutes. She's going to battle for you know some starting time. I really do, I really do believe that. No, I, and, I, and I don't disagree with that necessarily. I mean, I just think that says a lot about – and I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but to me that move says a lot about – the belief and the strength in certain positions on this roster. We're not going to harp on Atlanta too long. Let's move on to my hometown team, the Minnesota Lynx. Um, Looking at their roster, I got to say, I from the team that came into the draft to the team that went out, I think they had one of the best leaps of, of gaining, gaining whatever, getting closer to the top out of any team. Yes. Phoenix won the draft because I think they went from being the number two team in the league to being the number one in my own opinion, but I will say the links, what they did granted with the caveat of they have like 18 people on their roster right now. So a lot of people are going to get trimmed. Who's going to make the roster, but I like what they did. I really like the trade to get Lexi Brown. Obviously uh, Lexi was happy to get the trade done. I'm sure Kurt was happy to get the trade done. And now we're looking at a player who can really have an impact on Minnesota because she has that skill set They really need. Yeah. I think, I think, if there was another team that I thought won the draft, I would I would go with the Lynx. Um, yeah. And I know I, we talked about that a little bit earlier today, just between you and I. But I love what Coach Reed did. I really do. I, I think that Collier is she described her as a, a Swiss Army knife, um, and I think that's a perfect description of Collier and kind of her her skill set, the athleticism, the length, um, how much she can be shifted around offensively and defensively, um, kind of, kind of really needed that. Again, we're talking about a Lynx team that's being completely retooled. You know, it's the the identity of the Lynx is, is (laughs) this year going to change as much as it ever has. So she's bringing in new talent. She's bringing in, bringing in a lot of, um, 
just new exciting pieces. And you know, Lexi Brown is what puts this over the top. Um, Lexi's a tremendous talent, and I know um, Coach Reeve is a big fan of hers. And so this is a perfect fit for those two at a perfect time uh, for t- to get this done, where where both of them, you know, were kind of wanting to be in a new position, and it gives Lexi a chance to really showcase what she does. Um, as a playmaker and um, is a really dynamic player in this league. So I like the pairing of those two. I think the trade was fantastic. I'm glad they were able to get it done. Um, but then, you know, you go down even more, you look at Jessica Shepard of Notre Dame. This is a question mark. Um, some people say, Oh, you know, she, she won't make it past training camp, but like, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can underestimate Jessica Shepard and what she brings to the table um, just from a, steady the steady cog that she is I think she can actually be a big part of this roster I think she can uh she'll surprise some people um and then you know I got you got to mention Sierra Dillard of Buffalo um made really made some noise kind of the end of last year that's a question mark too I mean do you have kind of a mid-major player that happens to creep onto a roster and make it what do you think well again I looking at who they made as their picks I look at that and I go wow these are some great players. They could really have an impact. And I'm and not only with the Lynx, but also throughout the whole league. And this just screams so much more so. We could have so many more players come in. It is so hard for these players to get roster spots. I don't know how, you know, Dillard could be a great addition. I don't know how she's going to make the roster, just to be frank. You know, like, there's so many players. And I, again, love what the Lynx did. My question is more so, I expect Nafisa to be there. And I expect Lexi to be there, but will we see other of these draft picks be able to make it on an actual roster? That that's what my question is. And I, and um, I think if there if there was one, Dillard has a great shot of it just because of her mentality um, and what she brings to the table, at least for a period of time. And I, and then your point about um, this whole point in general about you know do, how loaded this league is and will people remain? I feel like Minnesota and LA have like 20, 20 people signed to their rosters right now. Am I the only person? Is, that? No, not at all. It's going to be so hard for them to decide like, oh, this player, this player. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, it is absurd because the average fan doesn't necessarily think about that or the average person who doesn't really cover the league doesn't think about that. But you look at this and you're looking at who Minnesota drafted and you're like, wow, you know, the addition of, of those three top draft picks is a big one to this team. And then you kind of have to check yourself and say, wait a second. They're not all going to be going to be in a position where they can actually give right. benefit to this team. But you brought up the next team we're going to talk about, the L.A. Sparks. Um, my personal take is pretty to the point. I don't dislike any of the picks. Um, I struggle to see where Brown's going to fit in unless she's trade fodder. But that being said, I think everybody that they got was at a steal for where they got them, if that makes sense. I do, too. Sparks did a great job. Um, I think they have to be talked about in the top of kind of – where they drafted and given given where where they were they were placed. I love Kalani Brown. I really do. I'm a huge Kalani Brown fan. Um, I think she's a difference maker in this league. Uh, depending on the roster, I think right now it's it's very difficult to go any further because there is obviously a massive elephant in the room of what is happening in LA with this Liz Cambage trade. So is this part of that? Does she? You know, is I just this- say I'm, I'm I'm mad you didn't think of an Australian animal. <laughs> but continue, sorry. An Australian. No, I, I honestly I just don't. You know, it's it's hard to 
there's just so many scenarios that are taking place right now. And who knows, maybe by the time we launch this podcast, we'll have more answers. I highly doubt it, considering we've been talking about this for three months now. But um, I love Kalani Brown. I think she's a difference maker. She is mobile. In the words of Kim Mulkey, I think she's mobile. Uh, I think she finishes so well around the rim. She can shoot it. Um, she can shoot it from the perimeter that she just hasn't necessarily had to a ton uh, with where she's played. You know, at six seven, those are the intangibles that um, you can't teach that. You know, and obviously she's a winner. She's a national champion, and and she's got the frame and and all the tools to be a great player in this league. I just like I said, there's 108 people signed for the Sparks right now, and I don't understand what's going to happen with this trade. So until then, it's hard to really talk about it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're talking about a trade, uh, the the koala in the room, if you will. And <laughs> I had to. Um, but let, let's move on to the, the, the team that's kind of holding the key piece of that trade, the Dallas Wings. Um Another unsung hero of this draft, if you will. They needed what did they need? They needed a big and they needed a point guard. Everything and what did they get? They got both. <laughs> yeah, I I was completely in shock when I saw and I don't even really know why, um, but I just think to see Arike go at five, um, one is is crazy because I am such an Arike fan that, you know, I, I guess in my mind I, I mean, you could talk about her as a number one pick in a lot of ways. Um or number two pick. So I think with the fact that she was available at number five for Brian Agler and his staff to snag up is fantastic. Um, they, they needed guard play. Um, she can play, she, she can, she can run the point. She can play off the ball. She's an aggressive scorer. They needed scoring. Um, and this is a, this is a perfect match. And, and I know they're, they've got to be so excited about this because this is someone that, you know, people have already talked about, oh, man, is this potential, um, rookie of the year type type material, and we we all know. I don't think there's anyone listening to us right now that doesn't understand what Arike can do, how she can do it. She's going to have to pick it up on the defensive end of the floor. You know, she's going to have to adjust, obviously, to the the pro style play. But man, she's as dynamic as anyone else in this draft. So this is a great pairing, and and I think Agler's going to do a great job of coaching her up. I will say my biggest pet peeve of Dallas going with with Arike is I was really, really hoping to see the pairing of Arike and DT. Um, and the reason is just think how more deadly that Mercury team is, knowing that you have those two buzzer beater shooters right there. Also, in my mind, I do envision a game where like Arike gets the ball for the last shot and Trost just steals it out of her hands to shoot it. And then they both like argue for the ball, and then both of them make it. Um, I, I, but but in all seriousness, I, I really like the move. She's going to bring in points, and this is a team that I think one of the things that might have knocked Arike is her height, her size. But with this team that she's going to, I think they can really cover her on that. They have so much length, so much athleticism, and so much speed. This team is going to exhaust other teams. I'm 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 excited for the Wings. I'm excited too. And we have to talk about Gustafson. Um, yes. And I'm going to get really real with you guys because it's time to get real. Um, and I'm just being upfront and I'm being honest. There's a lot of question marks, man. Oh my gosh. I can't believe she wasn't drafted earlier. She wasn't a first round pick. What's going on? Are these people crazy? No, these people are not crazy. Um, these head coaches and GMs, they know exactly what they're doing. And this is what you guys have to understand. Um, and this is not a knock on Gustafson personally. I love her. She is incredible. 
Um, she reminds me, I was a very, very, very poor man's version of her. So like when I watch her play, I'm like, I, I, I kind of identify with her. So um, I'm just being real with you guys here. I love her to death. She is a dynamic back to the basket post player who can stretch the floor. She does, she does so many things so well. Her IQ, I could rave on forever. But you have to understand there are sometimes phenomenal collegiate players who just because of certain height, um, athleticism, different things, you know, skill sets doesn't always translate to the professional level. Um, and this, this position, her position in particular is very difficult to do. Um, and that's, that's the cause of this. Um, and that's not to say, oh, she, she doesn't have a future in the WNBA. She does. She absolutely, she does, she can, you know, and I think if there was a coach who knew how to help her kind of come in here and play her the right way and, and put her in a position where she can be successful in the WBA. It's Brian Agler. So I like the pick. Um, we, we all know they need some size. They need interior presence. Um, I think it's a big question mark how her game and, and her, her size and all that is going to translate to the WBA. Um, but when I look at Gustafson, you know, I, I have to compare her to the Cambages, the Griners, um, you know, the more of that low block, back to the basket, old school, people want to say post player. Um, and how does, how is she going to do by going up against that night in and night out? How is the athleticism and physicality going to affect what she's been able to do so well at the collegiate level? How does that translate? It's a giant question mark. Um, and, that, and that is, that is the reason she went at number 17 um, because, you know, there's just, there's not enough there uh, to have, given these head coaches and GMs, um, you know, the confidence to draft her sooner. Um, and again, it's just, it's just, it's just reality. This is the world we live in. Um, so again, I, I think that Agler knows how to develop, continue to develop um, post play. He knows, he knows how to um, put his players in the best area to be successful. And he'll do that with her. So if there was a place for her to go, this was the perfect spot, in my opinion, because I think um, she'll have a really great chance of just um, doing what she does well um, against the right matchups with the right lineups. So answer me this last question, then we're going to wrap for today. Rachel, which team before the draft would you not consider a contender? Do you think made the largest leap towards being a contender? This is hard for me because we, we could – let's automatically just cut off like the top six who are contenders. So that leaves the bottom six. I really think the safe bet is for me to say the aces. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about much because uh, they, they got the number one pick and Jackie Young, who I have been on the Jackie Young Hill with a few of my friends for quite some time now. Um, huge Jackie Young fan brings so many wonderful elements to the game. Um, but I, I'm, I'm still kind of sitting back and wondering what's going to happen with um, the Aces and a potential Dallas trade, you know, and, and also where does Young fit with kind of this really young guard heavy Aces uh, roster? So there's probably um, could be very well a, a trade in place with maybe not Jackie, but maybe potentially Jefferson. Who knows? Um, so I do think we will see some movement, whether it's between the Sparks or the Aces. Um, everyone's been kind of waiting on that, but I think I, I have to go with the aces right now um, because that's, that's the safe pick. And you've got Asia Wilson and McBride and what, what they did at the end of the year is they started really clicking uh, was scary. 
Um, and then you just add Jackie Young into that mix and she's as steady as they come. So I'm going aces. How about you? It's tough. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave the sparks and the links out of this. Cause I always kind of consider them, uh, contenders just with their pedigree. I'm going to go with the wings actually. Um, wow. I, I really, now I don't, I'm not saying this like, Oh, the wings are now a contender. I think you have a lot of really young players that even if they make it deep in the playoffs, you're going to see issues with lack of playoff experience. Um, but I do think that they took the largest step in closing the gap um, compared to the other teams. But hey, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll yeah. change my mind. I'm Aria Schwartz. That was Rachel Galligan. And this is the WNBA Insider Show. Make sure to subscribe wherever podcasts are found.